superheroing days are over. All right, we're live. My boys, we're here. It's Friday night. Let's go. What's going on, Tay? I have been balls deep in the MCU all week for this podcast, so I am ready to roll, boys. I am hyped. Let's go. Absolutely disgusting, but we'll take you anyway. Bilmo, what's going on, my dude? How you feeling? Feeling good. You know, I can't say I'm balls deep in <laughs> in MCU, nor do I want to be, but I'm here and ready to ready to talk MCU. So, nonetheless. Yeah, and most importantly, our boy Thor, man, he's got a new addition. He's back on the screen again. He's the I think the most frequently featured superhero in the current MCU. Taylor, yeah. confirm or deny? Since you're Mr. MCU for us today. I think that's that's probably on point. I think Doctor Strange is up there. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Love and Thunder is a good title? I think it's fine. I think it, I, I think obviously by the end of the movie, it, it's obvious why that's the title. But yeah. I, I guess I can see an argument why it should be the name of the next movie. But mm. Mm. I give it a pass. I liked it. No, no edits for me on the title. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I think I mean, it's, I, yeah, I think it's good too. Someone was telling me they thought it was a shitty title, but I was just, I didn't think it was. I think it's solid. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I've liked just, it since it came out. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, boys, we've got some stuff to talk about. I'm going to give everyone a warning. Don't have kids because if you have kids, they're going to get you sick at random times of your life. I got sick the last two weeks, so I may have a cough occasionally. So excuse me, listeners, and excuse me, Tay and Bilmo. That may be in our future, but I'll try and hide it. But most importantly, we're here to talk about Thor, as we talked about just a second ago. Thor was the one MCU movie that I kind of had relative interest in after everything that's happened so far. This is the last one. Post-Endgame. The last guy on the hill. Post-Endgame. This is the last thing that I was like, yeah, I'm curious what... Thor and Taika Waititi are going to do with this franchise. The only one. And the movie came out. And guys, it was a big meh for me. (laughs) Just meh. How did you feel? Gut check. Bilmo, walking in. What were you expecting? And where did you end up walking out with? Like, how were you feeling? So I had a, a similar approach after, you know, I think... I think a lot of people would feel the same way that post Endgame, I think the only interesting titles I have on the horizon, I mean, Spider-Man, because it's Spider-Man, Thor, I obviously saw a big interest in, and Guardians, I actually, that's probably the last one that I'm, you know, actually looking forward to, because Guardians has been consistently pretty solid, in my opinion. But um, going into the movie, I had similar expectations, and I think I actually had, I, I you know, because we had Thor Ragnarok, I feel like we had a certain expectation that, you know, okay, not going to take itself too seriously. Um, you know, still going to be badass because Ragnarok, I think, was a great blend of the two. I think Taika took Thor, brought him into a more comedic light because I think he'd already been stepping into kind of a more comedic light in the Avengers movies and whatnot. but. Ragnarok really kind of, I think, pushed him into this realm of he's just kind of a joke. Yeah. And after walking out of Love and Thunder, I had a similar feeling. I was just like, 
never need to see this movie again. Did I have a good time? Yeah, at parts, and we can get into what worked in this movie. But yeah, overall, I, I this did not in any way, shape, or form reignite any MCU flame, um, mm. or even ignite. You know, I would say it decreased my flame for to look forward to another Thor movie. You know, Ragnarok. I think Thor peaked, and he's yeah. on a, this movie showed he's kind of on a, a downslope. I want to. Just dive in on a bunch of things you just said there, but I'm gonna let Taylor. Taylor, <laughs> what happened? What happened with you, man? Well, same same question. As far as blockbusters go, this is probably one of my most anticipated for 2022. I loved Thor Ragnarok. I thought Taika saved Thor from after the Dark World, which was an absolute shit show. I thought Thor was on the way out, so making him a comedic character and they completely revitalized him. Uh, so, and when they added Christian Bale to the cast, I was hyped out of my mind for this movie. I was like, this movie's going to kick ass. But I saw this movie on a Saturday afternoon. My, the crowd in the theater I was in was very meh. Not a lot of participation, not a lot of laughs. And I, I have to agree with Bilmo that like, it was, it was just, I had a good time at times, but it's definitely not one I'm going to go back to. It's not one that's going to be in my rewatch, you know? Yeah, like, it's not a Blu-ray steelbook or whatever. You're not buying this one? No, no, dude. I just bought the Godfather trilogy on 4K Ultra HD. Shit. Very excited to get into that, but I'm not buying Thor Love and Thunder on 4K <laughs> Ultra HD. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Yeah, can I set my scene of me seeing the movie? So I actually went to Boise uh, last week. Showed up, got to the hotel, and there was an IMAX theater right across from my hotel. So I was like, shit, let's do this. Let's, let's be stupid. Let's drop 20 bucks on Thor to see it at 10 p.m. at night. I'll go watch it. I walk over, and I kid you not, it's the shittiest movie theater I've ever been in. Like, <laughs> transport yourself back to, like, early 2000s, and that's what the theater felt like. Like, they hadn't done anything to it. You, I couldn't even see the letters where the rows were for my ticket. Like, it was that indistinguishable. You know, like, the sticky popcorn soda, like, on the floor? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think I've, I've been to that IMAX. I, I saw Blade Runner 2049 at that IMAX. Did you really? Oh, yeah. It's like the Regal 21 or some shit. Yeah. Yep. Dude, it's, it's, it's rough. So I get in there, and I'm like, the crowd seems, like, pretty into it, I think. Like, general. But, of course, I get the MCU talker guy in oh. front of me. You know, the guy that's just like loves these movies. He is so hyped. He's is he clapping, like, clapping, raising his hand, the fist bumps, talking to the guy next to him. Was like, oh, shoot, Milner broken half. Holy cow. Like that guy. <laughs> so I'm like, that had to have increased. Like, I think that would have heightened the, the experience to some extent. Same, now. dude. Same. But the thing was, he was the only guy doing that. It was like him clapping and the whole theater being silent. <laughs> like him trying to get the like cheer going, nobody responding. Uh, so, but he did it for the full two hours. Like I had to kind of commend him for that. And that to me is like kind of puts me on edge when I get those people, like the single guy I'm kind of paying attention to the whole movie. But I, I was just like you guys. I watched the movie and it just like it never connected with me. And I wanted to. I kind of got excited when Bale showed up at the very beginning of the movie. I was like, yep. okay, they're going to do a thorough character of like creation for him. 
And it starts out pretty dramatic. You start to kind of feel this investment in like why he would be who he is. And then they kind of drop some stupid jokes in the like Garden of Eden scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the joke, but I remember it just pulled me out like 100% where I was like, oh, they're just going to trivialize anything they do in this whole movie. Like there's not going to be really any emotion in any of this because it's always going to be a quip or a weird fart joke or, you know, just like a dumb joke in it. And and that's kind of how the whole movie ended up being for me. So. Yeah, kind of I I want to just let's start out with just the opening because Bale had a lot of potential and he actually yeah. had a strong he had a strong start. Like I I love the idea of his character and his background and because it's it's very relatable. Uh-huh. Everyone you know the the belief in in God or a God and the reliance upon that God to you know essentially take care of you if you are faithful and to see that kind of just torn apart when in the midst of a tragedy. And, you know, it's not what you expected. I think that kind of a setup is is great. I think that's a and and Bill played it straight, too. I think yeah. Bill like it is a shame that it kind of like you said, they trivialize a lot of what they had set up with him, because I think he potentially could have been one of the better villains of the mm-hmm. MCU. And because he yeah, he had an interesting, relatable setup. And I think you we could. But like you said, as soon as he gets into that kind of garden of eden setting it was just kind of like oh this is the kind of movie we're we're getting yeah. here because it did start strong and and so i i was like okay i'm i'm in like bill bill had a, a good setup and it i agree i think he kind of just they they he took it off the rails taika kind of took it off the rails and we never got as much bail as i think we we ended up wanting in the end yeah Totally agree. I felt like Bale went all in on that character. I yeah. thought he went like full, like Shakespearean yeah. dramatic actor with the role. It worked. Great I think energy. it worked. But he it didn't did. get enough. He didn't get enough airtime. Yeah, like, he's not on screen enough. I wanted more of it. He essentially me- had like three moves in the whole movie. Yeah, I like, mean, it's like I want to say, is he in like twenty-five minutes of screen time? Do we think? Probably. Yeah, I would like that twenty-five. Like it's nothing. Tops. Very small. It, it's just these missed, like not fulfilled opportunities. Like the first shot of the movie is his shadow in the sun. Mm-hmm. And that foreshadows his ability as Gore the Butcher having the shadow ability. You know, like it, it's like they set things up to be like kind of an actually like really solid movie. And then it just like never gets there all yeah. the way. And Bale was there in the wings ready to do anything and everything to make this movie great. Because that's what you need. In any superhero movie, it's always going to be judged by the opposition to the superhero. Yeah. There's no way around it. Because the superhero has to have an obstacle that's worth overcoming and actually invests in what they're going for. And he had the potential to be that to Thor. But then we just like never got close to what it actually could have been. Because he just steals the kids. And that's basically the one thing That's the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he stole kids. It, it, it's bait. He he steals <laughs> kids bait. as bait to get Thor there, and then he does what he needs to. Yeah, like as far as what what I didn't understand is so he's Gore the God Butcher. His his mission is to kill all of the gods, right? Yeah. And so apparently he's been doing this. We are we hear we never see him actually besides the opening scene. We never really see him kill any god. We just hear oh he's been killing gods. 
Mm-hmm. And then now all of the sudden he needs the hammer to unlock, basically accelerate his mission to do it all at once. It's like, did he not do that just from the beginning? I mean, did he, maybe he just thought of it on the way. I don't know. That part didn't make sense. And why is because... the only MacGuffin he needs in Thor's possession? Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. And something that <laughs> he's never thing. had in any movie before right. until Endgame, until he forged it, you know, the, beat thanos i don't know i just thought it was a weird thing that we, we just he has this mission to kill all these gods and yet he can't kill thor he tries but then he just realizes well i'm just gonna try to speed this up and make a wish i might know? be yeah. jumping the shark here but i feel like it was extremely easy for him to get to the center of the universe to get his ultimate yeah. wish yeah. i feel like yeah. it was really simple like this Literally. is something that anyone can do apparently <laughs> yeah like yeah. And no one has up to this point. I don't no, get it. It got like, close before him, but then it's like two hops and he's there. Like Thor has the key. Why can Thor's never, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's exactly. weird. Yeah, they're like, Oh, it's not possible. And they're like, yeah, it is actually <laughs> like, wait, what? what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, I guess we should preface. We're spoiling this movie. Oh yeah. You. Yeah. This movie is <laughs> spoiled. We're spoiling you all here guys. Yeah. Spoilers everywhere. Um, yeah. It's, it's very strange. I can't wait. I, I, I'm a little off now because I'm just waiting to hear what you say about the kids in this movie. Because <laughs> I, I actually, and this is where I feel off. I actually didn't think the kids were that bad. Minus, <laughs> minus whenever they superimposed uh, the Axel, the kid with the magic eyes on the screen. Oh. Like that was some of the worst VFX stuff I've seen in a long time. I don't know if that was intentional or not. It's weird. Kids are just such bad actors that whatever the visual effects team is doing stuff to give them superpowers, it just looks awful. Like I just can't get into it. It's so cheesy. It's tough. It's bad. So when we look at this movie, just talking about a big picture before we kind of get into some of these more details. It just felt like Ragnarok, but 40% worse. Do you guys agree with that assessment? Yeah. It it didn't feel new. It felt like he literally took the old movie and was like, all right, let's kind of just do the same stuff we did last time. And let's settings. amplify certain aspects of Ragnarok to the extreme. To the extreme. Being, you know, the, the tongue-in-cheek approach, I yes. think. Just like, oh, Thor, he's not taking himself too seriously, but let's let's take that essentially to the next level. And yes. forego good story building, good character building, all of that at the expense of let's just make this a, a comedy, essentially. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. I, f- I felt like there was a lot of good drama in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, Anthony Hopkins dies in that movie. Like, that's like a big, big part of it. It's a little heavy, yeah. you know? He was in the first two. Like, and it still had still a little bit of drama, but this one just went full, just comedy romp like it was just just completely weightless it had no heft to it whatsoever and i think the novelty of ragnarok is like we showed up and this it was like a movie we we hadn't seen in this universe at all it just had its own place yeah and and we were able to go wow this is something you could do with a character and have a great time and it still can fit into everything else that's going on and then Rather than building on that concept, it's like they just copied and pasted it. And that, yes. and that is where it leaves you lacking. And there was weight in the in Ragnarok. Like you said, his dad dies. 
He loses his hammer. He he's he loses his eye. Right, he loses know, his like, whole world. Yeah, the whole world is. Oh destroyed. yeah, that's right. His and whole soon, Asgard's done. Exactly. No, soon after his brothers killed, and almost a lot of his people are killed. Like there's a there's stakes to what's going on to him. And then that are taken movie, seriously. That are taken seriously. Yes. Yeah. And then we get to this movie, and we're introduced to a villain that motivations are never disproved as like he probably should shouldn't be doing this. There's yeah. never a point in the movie where I'm going, yeah, he probably shouldn't kill gods because all the gods are either so self-absorbed, they're destructive, they're not actually helping anybody. Thor included. He helps people, but he destroys all their shit the whole time yeah. he does it. He doesn't even have a moment to kind of prove he can be like more considerate of like other people's stuff. Yeah, that he's like rising above this Russell you know, Crowe Bale's perception. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, Thor isn't a bad guy. He's not evil in any way. But then again, like he still has things he could have improved that he never actually improves in the flow of this movie. Right. So disappointing. Uh let's get into some of the funner parts of this movie. So Terry, you just said Russell Crowe. Did you feel like him as the Zeus character? Did that work for you, his bit? So Yes and no. I thought Russell Crowe was pretty good because he's clearly supposed to be hamming it up. Like that's mm, clearly yeah. what they wanted. I thought he did a great job. I hated the Thunderbolt. I hated how it yeah. looked. It looked cheap as hell. It looked plastic to me. Like it didn't look impressive. I thought the CG for the whole like kingdom of the gods or whatever looked really, it looked kind of shitty like the Thor 2 cg uh, going let's on just preface that the cg in general in this movie is just is bland it's bad yeah it's just it's like kind of like bleh fantasy whatever that they've been using it it didn't have any like i felt like the the sets in ragnarok like the the trash world with jeff goldblum i thought that looked really cool and i like a really cool vibe about it mm. like it didn't look hella fake but i felt like this like the god world specifically looked really bad did you find the visual effects distracting Yes. Bilmo? I, uh, I don't yeah. know that it was distracting. I'm not like, I don't know. I guess just given the type of movie it is, oh, it's an MCU movie. Like, I'm not like, I'm not watching, you know, a movie like Lord of the Rings, you know, where, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I don't know that, it, I, I can recognize that it's not good, that it looks bad, but it's, I don't know that it's distracting me from, you know, when I'm watching. It's just, I don't know. I, I accept it for what it is. Okay. Because I think there's a, there's a part of the community, the film community, that has a whole game around just exposing all the worst VFX oh, yeah. shots. You see it a lot. I appreciate Twitter. those. Yeah. Yeah. And great. it's fun. It's like, oh, here's a $5 million movie. Or this movie had a $10 million budget. Shows an excellent scene. And then this movie had a $200 million budget. And it just looks like shit. Yeah. Right. And it's like there's trade-offs there's you have to make with these kind of movies right mm -hmm. it's like where they're spending their money and it makes you wonder like there's just these places in every mcu movie until you know this better than anybody that you just know they're in georgia on their just studio lot <laughs> and this is where they film all these kind of scenes that are similar in nature maybe slightly different but it's kind of got that hazy grayish look or you know it's just not a, a sky beam probably sky beam yep. it's just you know and you're used to it and, and i'm not the most picky in this sense so i don't it doesn't always bother me, but it does feel generic. In this movie, I was hoping, by the way it was billed, was going to be a little more impressive, mm -hmm. a little more interesting, and it didn't quite get there uh, for the majority of the movie. Yeah, I so. agree. And to back to your point, 
Taylor, go back to Russell Crowe. I mean, I, I agree. I think I he was doing what he was asked, and he did a good job. I mean, I thought he was a good... I, w- I don't know. I wouldn't be like, oh, we needed someone else cast as Zeus. Like, he did a good job. But, yeah, I mean... Again, he, he they just they trivialized everything about his character. He's just some orgy obsessed god, and yeah, the lightning bolt just kind of seemed like a easy substitute. It's like, oh, I don't have my, I can't use my my hammer and my axe in this situation, so let's get another weapon that I I don't know. The thunderbolt the I thought coffin? was just kind of yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, like it's just stupid. Like it didn't did. look good, and it just seemed kind of like, oh, I can just take it and use it like i don't know there there this movie and we will get into more details it just it takes so many liberties with what we understand about thor and yeah the powers and the mythos everything up to this point that just kind of throws it all out the window and we're just like oh okay this can happen it's just, just so it. it's just so far removed from the first thor movie yeah way it's like it's like way far i felt like thor ragnarok kept the same identity as the first for sure two, but yeah. like gave it a fun twist right but like they've completely destroyed kenneth Branagh's like world that he created like yeah. it's completely gone at this point not even recognizable it's an evolution yeah <laughs> yeah sure it is <laughs> reincarnation maybe or is it lazy or- it's just like we'll we'll just do what we feel like to keep whatever plot we want it going. Let's go to the kind of mythos question. I like that. Thor is a god. Captain America is a superhero. Like, there's all these characters. Do we care or, like, are we supposed to know the difference between a god and a superhero and a super strong person? It just feels like that whole balance is way, like, non-existent at this point. And, And we can... Maybe we should dip into this later with the broader Marvel question. Talking about just, like power scaling, like it's just in a way. But it's like what makes Thor like Thor's Thor. You know, he's born a certain way, but then it's like Natalie Portman becomes him basically. You know, with yeah. the hammer. So that, that really just... bothered me. <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> it 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 just like defeats the purpose of what some of these characters are because it's like Thor showed yes. up in Endgame and he beat the shit. Out of everybody, like he's a true powerhouse. Yeah. And then in this movie, it's like, yeah, Tessa Thompson's as strong as him, and <laughs> and he can't take on poor. Gore, the god. Like <laughs> he just has a sword, man. Like I, it's <laughs> right. just compared to what we've seen. It, I don't know. You're, you're right. I, I think is there when you ask that question, I, I'm thinking, yeah, I think there is a separation between Thor being a god endowed with these powers, as opposed to, you know these kind of lab experiment superheroes like Captain America. Yeah, Spider-Man, you know, Iron Man, Hulk. Yeah, they're all essentially... They, I, I, I have always, I think, thought of Thor as something different because he is mm-hmm. a god, you know? And I think, yeah, they, they kind of... The way they mess with that in this movie, they're like, oh, you pick up a hammer, you could be a god too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. really? That's what it, what it takes? Well, I feel like Thor's problems have always been internal, right? Because you're not really going to give him a good physical challenge yeah. because mm-hmm. he's kind of OP. Like, it's always been about his internal struggle with being a god and, like, having the right morals and intention. Yeah. That's really what his character's been about. But they don't really get into that at all in this movie. Yeah, well, and that's what Ragnarok emphasizes that. Because at the end, you know, when he has that moment with his dad... And he's like, what, you think it's like the hammer that gives you 
you know, so power. And he's like, and then he comes in the most badass scene in almost all of MCU when he comes down to Led Zeppelin with the yes. lightning. And yes. I was like, this is, it could be, and that works not just because it looks cool, but because that moment's earned. It's like Thor's uh-huh. actually has an arc and he's progressed because now he's more than what he was at the beginning of the movie. He's not completely reliant upon an object to, you know, give him the powers and or the desire to do, you know, have these powers or anything. It's, you know, he has an actual arc where, again, I think this movie throws that out the window where, oh, we're, we're you kind of the powers are endowed with the hammer now, I guess. Or it's like, right. I, I don't know. The you, weapon totally did make right. you the whole time. Like it wasn't actually your character yeah. that made you what you are. Yeah. And right. so I think you're, I think that played Ragnarok worked well in that regard because it, it did deal with Thor's more internal struggles. And when you have that balance, I think brought in with the badass scenes, those scenes just hit so much harder. And that's, I think I can't there is not a single action scene in this movie that stands out. I can't think it all blends no. together. I just picture these black bugs that people are just <laughs> that's all they fought the whole movie. Uh, these black yeah. bugs that the come out of the things. ground, the shadow yeah. things and shadow machinations. It all yeah. kind of blends together. There's no like standout scene, you know. There were, I don't know. Okay, yeah. So this is a good segue into th- Chris Hemsworth and Thor as a whole. And I think he is great at being Thor. I like watching him on screen. There's never a moment that I watch him and I'm like, I wish somebody else was doing this. Like he has yeah, such an no energy question. about it that I'm like, yeah, dog, like you can do this forever. I love watching you do it. There's not this like question like with batmans and spider-man's like i want a new spider-man or i want a new batman yeah. like no I, let him be thor forever <laughs> i want to see him age and keep being thor because he just has the whole vibrato around it but like you're saying this movie doesn't give him enough to do basically the whole movie is him coming to grips with his ex nally portman yep and realizing he never got over him got over her excuse me I actually liked some of the flashback rom com scenes they had together. Yeah. I actually, I that was kind of effective for me, and I was curious how you guys felt about it. Like, I liked seeing them be kind of normal together and see how the relationship mm-hmm. kind of d- devolved over time. And that was actually some of the more intimate moments. I was like, oh, okay, this movie's doing something right. Did you guys get the fil- same effect going through that? Yeah, I th- I thought that the the flashback to what Thor did after Endgame and the the him and Natalie Portman's history, I thought that might have been the best part of the movie, honestly. Mm, yeah. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny and I feel like if they would have made the movie feel more like a rom-com, just like committed all the way to it, like we're going to make a superhero movie that's actually a rom-com, like I think that could have actually been pretty fun. Rather yeah. than, rather than what they ended up with. Like I would have leaned in more to that personally. Yeah, it's almost like Taika couldn't commit to one, and I yeah. think we, we we noted this, Ben. It, it's a very tonally inconsistent movie. Yes, because yes. you do get these bits and pieces that totally work. You get the Christian Bale introduction that totally works. You get these this the the aspect with uh, Natalie Portman and like the flashbacks and the rom com feel totally works. But when you blend that together, I think with everything else he's trying to do here, it. It's it's a tonal mess, kind of, and it, it it's just doing too many things at once. 
And he got dragged for that. Like the scene with her getting her cancer treatment and they're just kind of like joking through it. Like, I think it's okay to be light, but it felt kind of tone deaf and yeah. <laughs> inconsistent. Like you said, totally inconsistent with everything that's going on, you know? And he really, he really could not commit to anything other than goats screaming in every scene oh, yeah. that oh, showed up. Shit, dude. And oh. <laughs> that, that was like the one thing he's like, yep, this is what we're doing. This like is that's, that's the ongoing you. joke you're having in the movie. Like, I get there are some movies you kind of have the ongoing joke that will play kind of consistently uh-huh. throughout the movie. And that's the, what you chose is you get the goats screaming every once in a while. You know what I hated more than the goats? And I might be off base. Like, maybe you guys feel differently. I hated the weapon love triangle bullshit between the hammer and the axe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that was funny. And they did it the whole movie. We're like basically like, oh baby, I'm sorry, I love you, you know. Don't worry about the other the other person in the other room, you know. Like they did that the whole yeah. time. See and that? I, no, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. I, did it work? Did you guys think that was funny? I mean, I I, okay I, I I'll admit I laughed. I, okay, I'll admit <laughs> that there were parts of that that actually worked. Like I thought was funny, but it also when you pull back, it's like you ask your, it's like why is this happening? Because we've never. It's not like the hammer's always been that kind of. He hasn't had that relationship, you know. What I mean, they're sentient. Are these living li- beings? Yeah, right. they're sentient. <laughs> they can, they like, can think. <laughs> yeah, like apparently they can. They do, and so that's just another thing. It's like, oh, you're just throwing this into the mythos that, oh, okay, we just we'll just accept it because you're doing it, so we have to accept it. But it's just like, since when are they sentient? And and again, so I I think. A lot of the the comedic parts of Taika's humor worked because I laughed. I I think I laughed quite a bit in this movie. It made me more than I thought I would. Um, but that doesn't mean that it worked. You know, yeah. it wasn't cohesive. But it doesn't mean I it there weren't funny parts in it. I thought that part worked. I got to get something off my chest. I I'm a Natalie Portman fan. I think she's really a great actress for sure. But I didn't think. She, Comedy's not her jam. It's not like it's not her natural space. I didn't think she was very funny, and I thought it was kind of cringe watching her try to be someone that she's clearly not. I agree with that. When she was playing Mighty Thor, I I couldn't get into it. Yeah, yeah, I see it, and this is where I feel. I that's why I asked the question originally about the the hammers and axe shit. Cause I just wasn't laughing and my theater wasn't laughing either. So I was like, am I in a, like in a bad mood? Am I just not in the right headspace to watch this movie? And thinking about Natalie Portman too, it's like, she had a lot of lines that I think were supposed to be like theater laughs, you know, like dropping, yeah. like this is a line. This is going to, this is going to go. Didn't, didn't happen. And I don't yeah. think she was bad, but she's not funny. Yeah, you're right. I, I think you hit it, Taylor. Because I, I like her a lot as an actress. She's beautiful. She's obviously she's an Oscar winner. She's yep. great in those roles. Um, we've seen what she she has acting chops, but yeah, she's not really funny. And I, I think the only way her humor she could be or appear to be funny is if like I don't know, she's a reaction to something. You know what she's I mean? She's a straight but, man. That's her yes, thing. Yes, yes. It's like Batman in Justice man. League, like. Yeah. In the cartoons, Batman's always a straight man, which makes him funny because of the way he reacts to situations, not because of what he's doing. And I think 
Natalie Portman does suffer from the same. Like the, I'm just thinking of that, like that scene she has with Valkyrie where she plays the music on the speaker and the she's speaker. like dancing to it. I'm just like, <laughs> like I just <laughs> was so stupid. I was just we're like zigging and zagging. Eyes. I actually thought that was kind of funny. Like I kind of <laughs> laughed when they when they dropped that, but I knew it was dumb. Like, but this movie's mixed, dude. I think that's what we're getting at. It's like, a complete. It's a, mixed, it's a bag. mixed bag. We're not on the same page because, yeah, we're zig- it's a zigzag of a movie. It's a complete zigzag. Where you're so zigging, I'm zagging. You know? Exactly. And Taika's just screaming with the ghost. So I, her plot is the emotional through line, essentially, because it's, you know, she's going through, like, her, like, you know, gripping with, like, oh, I'm going to pass on. Or I'm going to die with cancer. But then she's got her connection to Thor the movie couldn't decide really if it was more about like her coming to grips with like her fate or them as a couple. And then also what they could have been if they would have stayed together and had a family. And then, sorry, I'm going to skip ahead here. The movie decided Thor's big next step that he's been waiting for is to become a father. That makes no fucking sense. All right. I'm (laughs) dropping the F bomb for that one because that was alluded to, but it doesn't make any sense. He's never been in a serious relationship with someone. Like that was what he was trying to find was to find that love in that kind of a relationship because he's been struggling with it. Like she dies, he comes to grips like, yes, this is like, you know, I accept this path. I I'm grateful you came back in my life, but then they give him his enemy's baby to take care of. (laughs) He kind of jumped the shark there a little. What are we doing? No, no, I I think it's valid. I I think it's valid uh, to to take it there because you're totally right. (laughs) it's consistent with what this movie's doing it's just taking it's taking too many liberties with the characters there's the there's literally no arc what what is thor's arc in this movie it's it's the speech with him and chris pratt about letting christian bale no no chris pratt with in the guardians better to feel shitty nothing at all yeah, it's star lord it's the better to feel shitty it's like let yourself hurt let in the potential to be hurt Versus shield yourself from potential hurt, which is an extremely relatable theme that somehow is still doesn't land still with the misses. audience. Yeah, I, we, I relate to that feeling. Can and we talk about the end with it a little yes. bit? Well, I, I jumped to that, so I'm sorry. I'm jumping. So, in, yeah. So the part where he gets to the the tree of life or the genie, whatever the thing yeah. where he can make the wish. So, like, is there only one wish for all of? the universe or is it one wish per person because i was like seems kind of selfish you let natalie portman die if you could have just been like i wish you didn't have cancer anymore i was very confused i well, don't know it's, it, it's only one it's it's they only grant the wish to the first person who gets there and so that's why bale was the first to get there so he was the only one who could make the wish okay i feel like he, he couldn't got add a two for one yeah he couldn't he add got an one. and to the sentence Please bring my daughter back to life and save Thor's girlfriend. Or wish for more wishes. <laughs> no, that oh dude, that that ending was so shitty. It was so shitty because, again, we 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 keep comparing to Ragnarok because it just it does everything so much better. We actually have a yeah. villain. We actually have a a, a battle. A badass battle because Thor's Thor, dude. Like I'm, like yeah. We want to see him kick ass, and he just doesn't do that in this movie. Like, yeah, we see him fight, but there's not a moment like like an earned moment for him. And no. when we get to the point where the climax of the movie, where that should be happening, we have a bunch of fucking kids running around <laughs> with Thor's Here powers. 
And I'm just Here like, oh, this is this is the climax, and we're not going to give it to Thor. We're going to give Thor the kind of you know soppy, sappy moment with Bell and Portman, and we're going to give the badass scene to some five year old kids. Which, dude, again, the, he's taking liberties now. He can grant his powers to anybody he wants temporarily. Um, like that's just, it's never happened. And it's like, Oh, so it's just going to happen here for no reason. Like, why doesn't he just go and save the kids? It breaks why the it, why system. It, yeah. It's like, it totally yeah, does. It's it like, does. now you're just gonna, nobody in the world wants to watch these kids do <laughs> anything. Like they are there. Like, I'm not saying they don't need to be in the movie because, okay, bell needed a reason to lure Thor to him. And, and it's like, yeah. okay. But once he's done that, ship the kids back via the rainbow bridge you know yeah yeah, send them back i thought the scene with christian bale talking to the kids was pretty fun when they're trapped yeah when he tells them a scary story i'm like i'm cool with that weird edit though i remember when the scene it was jarring (laughs) it was like the scene was i felt like the scene was like going somewhere and then it just like after like something underneath it yeah Yeah, then it just cut to the next i'm just like there is like the movie's two hours, man. I, I'm very curious as to why it's only two hours because every MCU movie since Avengers has been two and a half plus. Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot of this movie that was cut out. And and I just, I'm like, why? Because it couldn't have been a studio decision because they're obviously okay with two and a half hour movies. Mm-hmm. But this is like an hour 59. And I feel like there is so much missing in this movie. Did you get? Did you feel the same way? I mean, for an example, yeah. The la- the the connection between Natalie Portman as just normal cancer ridden Natalie Portman mm-hmm. to Thor, there is literally no connection. We we see her study no. the hammer or its history. Then she goes and visits the site where it's busted. the The next time we see her, she is Thor and has a hammer fully intact. It's like. What? How? Okay. Like, 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 again, it's another <laughs> liberty. It's like we just we are just supposed to accept it. It's like okay, yeah. I, I yeah. guess she somehow got the hammer, and she was somehow able to wield it. She was somehow able to put it back together, and now it's somehow able to give her Thor powers. I don't. And know. it's and it's kind of implied in the rom com flashback that Thor said, "Watch over her for me." If something right. happens, yeah. So it's like, so, yeah, Thor's powers are just getting out of control. The ability Which was like that was the through line to her becoming Thor, but they never really close that loop later in the movie, right? They never address that. He never like has that moment where he talks about that with her, or yeah. you know, like it's like they do it, but then they don't do anything with it. <sighs> There's so, so many missed opportunities, <laughs> and to sum it up, uh, to, I think you said it in the beginning. It's just it's unfulfilling. Because it it sets up a lot of expectations and there's a lot of things that work, but in the end you are you are unfulfilled because of the potential that it fails to to reach. So can I ask Taylor? Let me ask you a question here. The kid scene going into the last confrontation with Gore, where Thor's going back, left Natalie Portman in the hospital bed. What did you think the kids were going to do? What was going to happen with the kids? I thought they were going to kind of like cower in fear a little bit try to run away like that's what i expected would happen okay. they're they're gonna be in the room to be a liability for thor the whole time right yeah. like yeah which He's i wasn't looking f- i wasn't looking forward to but it at least would have stretched his like skills like you're saying bilmo it's like 
it could have shown off how powerful he can be and him do some badass shit to make sure all those kids don't get hurt. I don't love that because that feels like a really old trope, but the fact they zigged and gave all the kids powers, I was not expecting. He doesn't have to think about them, dude. Exactly. They're they're they're, fine. They're gods now. He just turned them all into gods for, I don't know, two hours, 14 days. I don't know what limited time means. And then he just had to grapple with the the axe, like being consumed the whole time. Like it's, it's just shocking. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you, you not only is that like, you know, like we have the kids, but then, yeah, you have the climax of the movie be some gay speech by Thor. (laughs) It's just like, choose love, you know, like right before Bale's about to make his wish, he has this speech. And it's just like, while you do your thing, I'm going to go here and I'm going to spend the last minutes with personnel. I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude. I don't know. It again, mm. moments like that can work. It just, it wasn't earned. It, it there it there was no connection to get me there. You know what I mean? There wasn't mm-hmm. the build up to earn that moment because the whole movie's to trying so hard to steer away from anything serious or too serious. Too serious. And we're now yeah. we're supposed to buy that moment as some because that is a a, a serious moment. There's no jokes in that moment where Mm-mm. he's giving that speech or he's making the wish. So it's like, oh, so now we're back to a, a serious movie here. Like, I thought this was just supposed to be a comedy. Because <laughs> if it were, th- there wouldn't be this moment. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's so inconsistent. And it just doesn't make any sense. It's Don't put kids in your movies. Don't put them as the center of attention, please. We need to do a broader episode on kid actors or kid, we kids in movies. And because I was in the shower today, actually thinking about this, and I was like, "What kids in movies work? Like where it's like it needs it's, to be. It's a hard kid to find them. It's hard to find, and it, it's a pretty small list. Um, so I'd be, lo- I'd love to explore that. So maybe we can yeah, get to that in another episode. Did you guys like the black and white fight? I thought forgettable. Cool. I honestly mm. just forgot there was a black and white fight until you said that. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was, I, I, you know, yeah, it looked cool. I'm always looking for diversity in these movies because it feels like I'm watching the same scenes over and yeah. over again. And this felt like I thought that was going to be the climax of the movie of like, I kind of did too. an interesting palette. Yes. Like the color being pulled and I'm colorblind. So it's like, I probably didn't even <laughs> see it right anyway, but I was still like, okay, this is different. Like, I feel like I was like, maybe this is where the movie's going to get a little momentum. And it actually was in a way. Cause that's like where Bale pretty much has his best scene is when he's scared right. shit out of all of them. Yeah. And I was like, all right, maybe there's something here, but then you're right. They got to the actual fight and it was the most generic bullshit ever. And he, and he just leaves and he yep. leaves. Yeah. It's so it unfulfilling, you. dude. You're like, can we finish this? He just yeah. leaves. They're you like, all right. I I I, we'll I, I also thought that was like the climax. I it, we, I felt it building to something there. It's like, yeah. okay, we're changing tunes here. We're changing the tone, and we're you know doing. I don't know. It, I I thought it was working up to something pretty badass, but again, kind of just pulls the rug out and peters moves on. off. Yeah, a lot of Guns and Roses though, for all a lot. Our- or Guns and Roses heads out there. This was my nitpick. I thought all the songs were so tired. I think they were shoehorned in at the wrong spots for the most part. Yeah. As well. I love the November Rain guitar solo. But mm. 
So that's that song gets me every time. So they, they got me on that one, but that's the only one. I, I think I'm you were st- the only person. I'm so, yeah, I'm so I was gonna say, my I'm, so, you. I'm so sick of Welcome to the Jungle, uh, yeah. Paradise City, and I and I the Sweet Child of Mine riff is iconic. And Very and it, but awesome. they, they play, he played it twice. He played it in, twice. In he played it two dumb moments too. <laughs> yeah, like when they really left stupid. the the Godland. I think yes. it was one of them. And I was That's like, you used it one. here. Yeah, like, that, I I was like, what? Like this, <laughs> this is not the moment, dude. He could not wrong. match. He could not find the Led Zeppelin moment from Ragnarok to put a song in this movie. I think Thor in '80s hair metal is a good. It's a good pairing. Yeah, it is. It's It's a great pairing. It's great. It's very, I mean, there's a lot of connections to Viking shit. And And the hair. 80s 80s rock. Diversify. There's so much music you can Get some deeper cuts. Like, kind of do the Stranger Things thing and pull out a song that's been kind of forgotten about and revitalize it, you know? Get a little deeper on it. You don't. Yeah. So the soundtrack, the soundtrack was pretty weak, we think. I I do. Yeah, it was just the yeah. freaking very the familiar Rose songs yeah. just playing to play. Yeah, Appetite for there, Destruction. Though. That's pretty rare. But even that felt lame. It's like everyone uses that song to be kind of like corny now, you know? Yeah. It's like you got to go deeper for this kind of movie. You you have to go actually absurd, you know? Cuz it just felt like low-hanging fruit picks for most of this stuff. Like lazy. It felt 100%. lazy. I feel like Guardians goes a little deeper with their cuts. Oh, yeah. James Gunn is very particular. And I heard that's like most of the process. Like he'll like work out the playlist before even shooting the movie. Like he's very particular. And it shows because I think both Guardians movies have one have great soundtracks, some deep cuts, some, you know, that you recognize. But also he works them into the movie so well at the right moments. I mean, the opening of Guardians 1 is just it's one of the greatest openings. It really it, is, it is of all time. It's really great. It's such a great and so I don't know. Taika I don't know what it was, man. Like he <laughs> we love him. We obviously love him and we love his his sense of humor, his style. Um, you know, I love his movies. But I it's just like what did was he just kind of like, "Oh, I'm just going to cuz he took Ragnarok seriously. He did cuz Ragnarok still had Taika's style, sense of humor, that peek through to make it unique and make it his own. But he didn't just betray everything about what Thor was doing or had been doing up to that point. He just kind of was like, oh, I'm, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what his thought process was. But it just felt like he was just like throwing it away at the expense of at the expense of just having fun. I've seen a lot of clips of Taika on the press tour. Yeah, talking about this movie. Ben, you sent me a couple of those. I've sent a couple, yeah. And it doesn't feel like he took it very seriously, like no, at 100%. all. One hundred percent. Like he kind of phoned it in. Is the vibe I got from yeah. the way he talks about it, and he like he's cute about it. But I'm like, dude, he still kind of phoned it in a little yeah, bit. He did. He's clearly a fun guy, but he gives me massive self-absorbed vibes. Yes. On a yes. scary level. It, the, like the fact that the rock guy is so prominently featured in the movie mm-hmm. is because it's him. It's his voice. It's him doing yeah. his thing. And it's like, that's another bit that lets the, like lets him feature himself. It's about him. It feels like it's about him and most of his projects at this point. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I'm, I'm curious. Is he being exposed? And he is somewhat of a one trick pony. And we're going to kind of see the same kind of thing 
in the next Star Wars movie. Oh, gosh. In all the stuff he's going to be tied yeah. to because he's made a lot of money. Or is he going to show some real chops here? I don't know. I- I'm leaning kind of hacky. He's feeling I'd, a little hacky. He's feeling hacky. Uh, I'd agree with that. I would say with Thor, this confirmed, this movie confirms he's feeling a little hacky because, I mean, you look at Hunt for the Wilder People, you look at what we do in the shadows, yep. and you even look at, like, Jojo Rabbit. I love Jojo. I like Jojo Rabbit a lot. But, I mean, there I were some... kind of issues with Jojo a little there bit. There were some yeah. self-absorbent aspects, I think, of that. Yeah, but I just think, Hitler in that movie. <laughs> I know. And, it, and, you know, to an extent, I think it worked to what the movie was doing. But I yes, just think... Yeah. Maybe it's you know his success has kind of gotten the best of him at this point. Like he thinks he can just he's he can do anything he wants, and like you said, I I think we kind of have he's kind of put on the plate now of like okay his next project outside of the MCU like Star Wars is this what it's going to be like every movie you do this is this is what we're going to get you know we'll see. Yeah, I I feel like Star Wars is where his reckoning's going to come. <laughs> I think that's where the fans are going to turn on him. It happens to every director at some point where you become the darling and you fall from grace. I think he's, he's lost the hunger a little bit. I think he's been on top for so long. He's yeah. just get, getting a little complacent. But we don't think he's a top tier director though. Do we? I think he's good, but he's no. not, I just meant, I meant he's not tier fans. A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, he I has agree built with goodwill. 100%. Good. I, your assessment's totally right, Ty. I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying he's not like a Scorsese. He's not like no. a Spielberg. He's not no. like he's nowhere close to that realm. He's not no. a Denis, dude. He's not even close to that kind he's of He's not director. even like a – he's done more movies than Damien Chazelle, but I wouldn't say he's even that yeah. level. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah, I agree. He's not He's not one of the greats right now. I, is the new Star Wars movie new IP? Is it based like – do you guys have That's any idea? Question. I don't. I don't have any. I have idea. no so, idea. I've heard a few like interview or seen a few interview quotes. It sounds like he said he's going to do something completely different. So it's not going to be like Skywalker related. Got it. So it'll probably be kind of like Thor, where it's completely different than it's going to be a complete mess. Before. He'll have a character that he voices probably <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Um, oh, and I did, be- I'm looking right now. He's he's also writing it than a star wars movie so that okay. makes a difference that he's not just directing yeah it, but he's it writing does. it that makes me worried that makes me nervous hey eh. but i'll i'll watch i'll yeah. give him a shot of course is he, is he the next Shyamalan? he's <laughs> dude i had the same thought i was like is he the next Shyamalan? He, he peaks early and then he keeps us going back and we keep going i don't know if he's still got it that's a no. great comp that's a great comp uh, no, we're the same mind. I was actually going to say that. He's like, oh, it's like, love it. Is he peaked? It's like, okay. Like when you said, I'll still go. It's like, yeah, I, I will. Like he could shit on his next movie. And it's like, okay, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't be curious about his next work. You know? Yeah. Yes. No, you're totally right. Maybe he's mm. the new Shyamalan. I don't know. Can I, can you I heard it here a... first, boys. <laughs> the new Shyamalan's been crowned. Just as we're wrapping up, can I make a comment over the MCU movies as a whole? Recently? Yeah, let, let, we can. Let's spend these last ten minutes or so going into. I mean, we can touch on Doctor Strange. I, I, I need as we're talking about the larger MCU. I have, I need to point out something in Doctor Strange. The new one, <laughs> Please go ahead. Let's go. Um, yeah. So, I've been, I've been catching up on some MCU movies I've missed, but 
I feel like in this phase four specifically, so that's after Endgame, right? The point where we all got burnt out. I feel like the movies used to be more significant for the the major plot of the MCU as a whole. Yeah. Like, I used to think that that's where you're going to get your meat and potatoes. Like, big shit is going to happen in these movies that changes the course of future movies. But, like, since Disney Plus has come out and all these shows and these movies, I feel like the movies feel like long episodes of the TV shows. They The shows feel just as important, but they all feel kind of insignificant to the overall. I don't feel like there's any momentum building with any of these movies or shows. Dude, I feel like the shows are big buckets of sand with like tiny little like diamonds in there that you have to sift through all of the bullshit to find these little nuggets to be worth your time because the shows are boring for the most part. But then they have like, yes. but Loki talks to, I don't know, whoever. And it's like a big moment for like five minutes. I'm with you on this. Keep going. I like where your head's at. Yeah, like, I felt like the movies prior to Infinity War were all building, right? Yeah. Thanos was looming for several years. Things would happen in the movies that affected the future movies, noticeably. But after watching, I've seen... I'm trying to think the ones that have come out since. So I've seen Shang-Chi. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen Black Widow. I've seen Doctor Strange. I've seen Thor. They feel completely separate from one another. Did you watch Eternals? I couldn't do it. Did you start it? <laughs> it's two hours and 40 minutes, dude. That's I couldn't do it. Dude. I, I abstain. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm confident that there's no reason to watch it. That has no cohesion to anything that I need to know. The yeah. only movie I've seen since Endgame that was exciting was Spider-Man No Way Home. And that movie, I don't even count because it's produced by Sony. And it's Toby Maguire's in it, so you and automatically yeah. have a hard on for it. Praise Toby. Dude. Hey, Praise. hey, and Garfield. And, and Garfield. Gar- dude, Garfield's the winner. Of that Garfield movie. stole the show in that movie, dude. He won one hundred. He he did. He uh, like I got like a emo- He brought the emotion because Same. I got emotional watching Same. his scenes in that movie. He he went all out. Give him <laughs> another Spider Man, dude. Throw Please. him back in. Give there. him another chance. The first two are dog shit. Just get him a good writer. Because I, I I think he's a good Spider-Man, right? He just yeah. shitty movies, dude. I mean, it, I feel bad for Did him. Did you he's... dumped on the second Spider-Man of his so bad, though? I don't know <laughs> oh, if he can recover. I dude. don't think he can come back. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Okay, I got to hear your Strange comment. It sounds like you got something good cooking up here, buddy. Yeah, so Saw Doctor Strange. Um, I liked, And to note, I like the first one. I, I do. I, I thought the origin story of Strange was great. I like the... I liked um, Tilda Swindon as the monk or the the, the chosen one. You know, um, great. I, I like Strange, and so I was like, okay. And then the the addition of Sam Raimi taking the helm, even more exciting because I'm like, okay, great. Marvel's finally not just dumping these pre visualized movies on like some new hip indie director that they can throw on it. You know, it's like Raimi is a unique, has a unique voice, um, talented director. So I was like great and this is it looks looks like a perfect movie his voice does come through quite a bit in it which are the best parts of the movie my biggest complaint and this ties into what love and thunder did with the kids dr strange makes the biggest mistake of having (laughs) a child be be literally in every single scene of this movie with dr strange there is not i'm trying to honestly think if there is a scene without this child 
the wedding. In, well, the wedding, but like right outside the window, America Chavez is right there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the same scene to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But can, can we talk about why the fuck they named her America? <laughs> Dude. Here's like, my, this here, is I'm going to give you my problem. It's is, like, is wait, that the what? name in the comics? I'm going to give you my theory. America Chavez is the, purely, purely the product of a corporate boardroom. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like this is because Doctor Strange. Look, we want to go see Doctor Strange because we love Doctor Strange. We don't go see it well, because we, we want some random Strange. ass kid do, yeah. who who has never been in any of the previous <laughs> movies. Yeah. We're just introduced to her, so why are we supposed to care about her? Like no okay. reason. So here's why she's a product of a corporate group. Because one, the whole movie can work without her. She doesn't yep. need to be in it. She really I mean, they literally give her I mean, the the power that she has to jump universes could have been given to Strange in the form of a spell. Okay? Easy. Dude, it done. could have been a gerbil. It could have been could a have, dog. It could have been, been anything. anything. Could have been, been anything. Anything. <laughs> But so they so they throw her in because, look, I, I, I honestly think they they needed they probably saw the script or watched the movie and they say, how can we get more diversity in here? How can we get more? So she's wearing a jean jacket with, you know, the gay pride flag on there, like not a pin that's on the lapel the whole movie. We have a five second scene where it's revealed it's a that she has. Placement. It is. It. It's totally a product. Oh yeah, did you did you see it, Ben? I oh did. yeah, I saw I the play. I watched. Oh it. yeah, that's right. You watched it. That, I did. It's totally. That's the perfect way to put it. It was a product placement because it has nothing to do <laughs> with the actual story. Like I have no problem. Or her character. Getting, yeah, I, I have. Yes, I have no problem. You know, having things representation. Representation. Yeah. Yes. As it pertains to maybe driving the story or have per- having purpose, this was literally just a corporate boardroom saying, hey, let's get a girl, maybe a 14, 15-year-old Mexican girl, call her America. <laughs> let's get the lapel with the gay pride flag on there, and then let's show a 10-second scene where she has two moms, and, you know, let's, you know. Do- In a universe we don't understand. In a It'll universe we don't again. understand. It is, no connection so- to tired and it, she and her character sucks too it sucks like, forget, she's bad forget whatever she what the corporate boardroom decided to pin to her they her character sucks like and it's the it's most like, typical of all child and like uh, i feel like all child actors or like child characters in movies where she's learning her power the whole movie right she's like yeah. i just sometimes open portals i can't control it and then it just when she needs it Strange just says, focus, focus, <laughs> you've had it this whole time. And then she does it to, to save the movie. I'm just like, oh, dude, that movie was so tired, man. That movie is a disaster. That movie is bad. That movie is its own worst enemy. It's undoing itself as it's going. I made yeah. this comment to Ben. I love how Scarlet Witch has the same exact arc as Doc Ock in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. But instead <laughs> of the fusion reactor, she destroys that evil book and sacrifices yeah. herself. <laughs> it's literally the same. That That's is the same. same <laughs> I also am kind of confused why they just like a long-standing Marvel character, like in Avenger, they straight up kill her ass. Like, Ugh. 
like unapologetically i was i was kind of stunned a and little i said bit. this to, i said this to taylor i hate movies that are that essentially go the they're cursed they're not themselves because of thing and they're not accountable for their actions they're actually a good person underneath the whole time yeah it's like can she actually just be accountable could she just be yeah. bad maybe like i don't need it to be like she's actually good we should we should feel bad for her it's like no maybe that's not feel bad for her she's super strong she kills a bunch of people she puts a whole town through a insane amount of trauma she's like, super selfish she's extremely yeah. selfish and you know what sometimes we're all selfish you know like that's that's relatable we don't and, need to just and say we should she... be held accountable exactly <laughs> like, we need to have mountains dropped on us at the end of movies once we're right? that selfish we don't just come and be like, oh but i you know i'm a good person i'm a good guy okay. yeah. i'm a good guy and i didn't want to do it the book dude. made me do it it's not my fault they have a serious villain problem they yeah. don't know how to do villains yeah they do it's very rare that there's any and any chance they get to they loki was probably the best they got i mean he did he just plays yeah. his part so well um, and that, hence why they couldn't just kill him off in the first movie. He's and and why is he a good villain to his own show? Why is it's he a good relatable. villain? Because he's gray. He's not black and white. He is gray. That's true. It's why it works. That's why these movies suck. Because it's always like Ultron. He's pure evil. It's Thanos. Thanos worked because he was gray. He had a point. You know, like it yeah. wasn't just like wanting to murder people. Scarlet Witch went straight evil, but then we're like, no, she's actually good underneath. You know. It's not, it's not her fault. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> Here, and here's where I hope go, the trend... Go play Sims like the rest of us, okay? You don't, <laughs> you don't get to go kill people to yes. find fake children. Like, go I play don't Grand care. Theft Auto. Go exactly. get that out. Um, go, you, you can be a foster parent. Go get your own kids. You don't need to go kill people to find the fake ones. I don't know. Yeah, and look, that's not to say I'm concerned about the MCU's future. It's already in a sh very <laughs> shitty place, and I couldn't really care less at this point. But I am worried that, like, why is it that it, are are people on the executives, are they worried that, like, kids now need to relate to these movies, and that's why we have so many damn kids? Like, Ooh, I was talking to my question. brother about this the other day. I was like, how come? Because, like, as as a child watching a Batman movie, yeah, you don't you don't give two shits about <laughs> a random kid in that movie who like helps Batman. You care about yeah. Batman, dude. Like you yeah. want to be Batman. You want to look up to him. And so like it it's it just feels like the the inclusion of the kids in Thor. I mean, despite the fact that Taika loves working with kids, it's obvious. That's evident, and he does a great job doing it, and just not in this movie. But it it almost makes me think like, do they want something else for? Kid, a kid audience to connect to like a six-year-old can watch thor and now they can relate to it because hey there's kids in this movie and they have powers too it's like no one gives a fuck dude like <laughs> like i'm serious like it, it makes me like it made me mad because it just makes me think like watch any superhero movie it doesn't matter your age you want to be the superhero you don't want to be the side character helping that superhero you don't care so like I I don't that's why it bothers me that they made America Chavez like essentially an equal role like how come they couldn't just further Doctor Strange's arc because again he has a great arc in the first movie it actually means yeah. something he actually has a journey and he gets somewhere and I understand that there was a lot in between that happened with the Avengers movies that have further advanced his character but like again they didn't it's strange is the same kind of person in the beginning as he in the as he is in the end 
he just realizes he loves he's and he's obsessed with Rachel McAdams, which, you know, who can blame him? Yeah, Dude, but well deserved. That, that line they use in the movie is so fucking stupid. You have to be the one who holds the knife. They keep saying it uh, over and over and over. I'm I like, didn't pay Dude. attention to this movie. I'm like, dude, Doctor <laughs> Strange is supposed to be like the defender of reality. Like, that's his whole point. Of course he wants to hold the damn knife. That's his job. Yeah. Wait, is Wang stronger than him? We're supposed to be. Well, I didn't watch in the, the first, first in the first one, he Sorry. is because just because he's already part of the cult, you know, or yeah. whatever the society. Um, it seems to me though that Strange, you know, through his progress, gains the upper hand to some he's extent. Top dog. Yeah, I, I I would think so, or they're I, equal. I, I think it's know. like a I think it's like a figurehead thing. Okay. I think yeah, it's, I think it's I like tongue in cheek that Wong's technically. A higher rank but dr strange is more powerful I think yeah that's kind of the anyway let's just keep kids out of these movies dude like keep make put more time and effort in making the hero do cool stuff and have arcs and have important things instead of just like tacking on a child just so you can try to reach that child audience I, it doesn't make any sense to me because just... never have superheroes required children in order to get that same attention from children dude i'm just tired of superhero movies where the name of the superheroes in the title where they're not getting the spotlight like they should get the coolest scenes in the movie like they shouldn't be playing mm. sidekick for other characters and I, right like, why, why was this not called strange in america like, seriously you know what i mean strange, strange america strange, strange america. america that would have been a way better title because it it would have worked actually so i brought up her name because there's multiple times in the movie where characters yeah. talk about her yes as america and they say lines that it makes it very hard to know if this is like a meta conversation it, it totally is 100 percent america is. it's like what what are we doing because nobody's name is america chavez <laughs> like no like that's totally a metaphor dude like because then uh, and that's what bothers me because you're it's distracted not tight enough it's not it's tight not to like know what they're actually talking about and it's, it's if not it's that on the nose they want they want characters they want characters to say i'm gonna save i need to save america and it's like it's, that's uh, right it's like, like what are we doing <laughs> uh i i know we need to wrap up i'm curious how you guys felt about the cameos with the main uh refreshed I avengers or whatever any any reaction from you guys no like there was a lot i thought of... john krasinski was actively bad to be honest <laughs> Dude, <me too. laughs> actively bad. He sucked like what was i don't know who's trying to act he smart. took his role like so stupid. damn serious dude yeah and his serious face and i was just like i love so how they grim. all die instantly dude i was right. laughing my ass off they like, all got cooked the dude yeah dude, i mean I... that's what made that part interesting is like we're kind of in a universe where that doesn't there's no stakes in that regard because it's a different universe so we can kill these people because technically krasinski could still be him in Alive a, different, in a universe. different iteration yeah, yeah. In the multiverse stuff, it so th my thoughts and like the rumors going into this movie were pretty bold. Like they were like, "Oh, Deadpool's gonna show up. Oh, all these different MCU characters are gonna show up because they're gonna be going through all these multiverses." And it's like that was the headline it was a right. bunch of randos and John Krasinski and Professor X, who's fine, but that is so boring. And they didn't do anything even yeah. fun with it was the a multiverse. Throw -in. 
It was a throw-in. Yes, dude. It was. If you're gonna do a multiverse, make it fun. Get weird. Like, like go Rick, do like Rick and Morty shit, dude. They get exactly. fun with the multiverse. Like you gotta get fun with it if you're gonna do that type of a thing. You got or make it legitimately scary. And maybe I watched it in the middle of the day, so none of the scares worked for me at all. Like I wasn't even close. Oh yeah, none of the scares. I but mean, it's like go if you're gonna go like oh this is a horror movie like thriller like go to a place that's terrifying like really yeah, scary you could go anywhere 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 they had free Not, reign to do so much in this movie and they did so little and that's where the movie feels cheap and you know they had like a decent budget but it just felt like they just two hundred million dollar budget it. dude but it felt cheap like the yeah. scenes like with Thor in America when they first transport and they're like on the grass, like on the like roof of like New York City or something. It was like, that looked like dog shit. That was awful. And that was clearly just on a soundstage somewhere. I don't know. Like they could do so much more. Just be creative. They're not creative. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Because I, you know, you made me feel super old because I was like, wow, what did I think when I was a child when I watched superhero movies? And you're 100% right. It's whoever's on the screen. If it's not the superhero, move on so I can get back to the superhero. I want to see them be doing some stuff. I don't need to feel like the kid talking to the superhero. I want to be the superhero. So your assessment is spot on. And I guarantee if we were to survey some children like between 8 and 12, they'd all say the same thing. I guarantee it. They want to see yep. superheroes. It, they don't want to see yeah. the kids do stuff. Yeah, it doesn't add anything to, I, I would say, as a child, like it wouldn't add anything for me to be like, oh man, Thor gave kids those powers. Like, <laughs> oh, great. It's like, so? Like, I just want to watch Thor like do yeah. this stuff. Like, why do I want him to lend his powers to any kid, you know, woman, cat, dog? It's like, right. I want to watch Thor do it, dude. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, watching, like, I feel like watching people super-powered in street clothes do shit, it's not as effective as when they're in the costumes. As campy and silly as superhero outfits are, I think it looks cooler when they do stuff, and scenes look cooler. For like, sure. Some, some kid in a t-shirt and jeans yeah. <laughs> using some, like, CGI punch, it doesn't look cool. Yeah, it's because, not, look, it, she's a normal kid. You can relate to her. She looks like just her. like you. So, yeah, dude, there's so much. Just... It, I think that movie suffered greatly from, I think, a last-minute corporate decision, honestly. A bunch. A bunch of decisions. A bunch I of think. different decisions. So but, so, what are you giving out a, a star rating? What are you giving Thor? I have two and stars? a half on my letterbox. Two and a half out of five. I left the theater, and I said it was a six out of ten. And so I'm going to go off scale here for you. Um, but the more I think about it, it's more like probably what you're saying, two and a half. It's probably where I would land. Five, two and a half stars out of five. You know, it's not good. What about you, Tay? I'm yeah. I think two and a half out of five is fair. I'm giving Doctor Strange to a one point five out of five. <laughs> that movie's look. that movie's not good. Like, I gave it mo- two out of five. That and movie's I, a I, mess. And I think I gave two because this the Raimi stuff I really liked. Like when he embodies his dead self. That whole thing, that body horror and stuff. I'm like, that's pure Raimi. And I, I'm into that. And I like that. And again, there were still some parts. I like Dr. Strange. And so I don't know. I gave it two out of five, but huge issues with that movie. Yeah. Not great. Um, so Thor was kind of the last tether I had to the MCU that I was kind of intrigued Then I left that movie. And now I feel like that cord has been cut. 
I know we got a new Guardians movie coming out, but I didn't really like the second Guardians. So, guys, I'm pretty apathetic to this whole whole thing now. Mm-hmm. So I I'll go see movies as you guys tell me to, but like I only watch Strange because you guys asked me to do it for the podcast. I didn't like it. I I was bored the whole time. So it's, I would say it, that's watch the at. first one, dude. I I would say I'll the try. first one's worth your time. It is okay. better. It's okay. way better. I'll I'll think about it. I'll consider it. Um, it but I think to... I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think I, I Guardians is the last one on the slate that I actually have interest in, and I've never seen a single Disney series. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Loki, Winter Soldier. I watched uh, Loki, Hawkeye. I haven't seen any of them because I just I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just I have no interest in any yeah. of it. Their their MCU and Star Wars shows are so bad. Like I can't get into it. I, I mean, thought, I thought the... Mandalorian was okay, pretty Mandalorian's good. Okay, Mandalorian's okay, but I I didn't get into Jango Fett or Boba or I guess it's Boba Fett. Excuse me. And uh, I thought Kenobi Ken- I thought Kenobi was just meh. I didn't. I haven't I seen it. I was pretty it. disappointed. All right. So my homework is Doctor Strange. Bilmo, your homework is The Boys. Okay, that shit is actually I amazing. I, I need you to catch up because I would love to talk that show in here. Well, I, I will. I, I did first season when it came out, and I just never got around to second and or third. So I need, I have some homework. You got some homework. I, loved, I loved it. I absolutely loved the first season. So there's no reason for me to not continue. You're going to like it even more. It builds. So look forward to that. Taylor, right. what's your homework, buddy? I don't know what you need. You're, you're always ahead of me on everything. Uh, dude, the show I'm excited to watch is uh, Nathan Fielder's new show. On oh, HBO. yeah. Yes. That's, out today. Actually, that's actually out today. I think I might that's watch true. it after this pod. I'm, I'm very excited. Forgot about that. The rehearsal. Okay. Well, boys, I'm sure we'll come back, talk some more movies soon. Hopefully not any Marvel-based movies. <laughs> yeah, maybe soon. we hey. do the kid actor thing. So we I like can, it. We can vent about that, but also point homework. out that we're not against kids. We're just against... You know the bad ones, which I, uh, unfortunately happen to be the most prevalent. So what we what we got left for the summer that we're a little bit excited about? Bullet I'm, Train. I'm, I'm a little excited. I'm a little excited for Jordan Peele's new movie. Yeah, I'll go I like see Hosting. it. I'll see it. But Bullet Train is on my my excited list for sure. I'm legit excited. I'm right there with you. So yeah, probably expect us to talk about Nope. I'll, I'll commit to seeing Nope. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys are in, yeah. I still want to do an LA Confidential case study as well. Kind of yes. deep dive into that, so we can. We got a, we got a few on the sleep. list we can tackle. Yeah, I like the kids one. We can do some research. I think that's a good one to to look into. So, all right, all right. I almost got through the whole thing without coughing too much. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Till next time, everybody out there, keep watching. Let us know what you think, and we'll talk more later. See you, everybody. Peace.